Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. On today's show, we continue our College Contender Series, speaking with ad coaches of our top 10 men's and women's college tennis teams entering the 2022 season. Of course, today's episode comes a bit out of our chronological order. Nevertheless, as we have promised to speak with each head coach, I am delighted to share my conversation today with the head coach of our number 10 preseason women's team. It's Ohio State women's tennis head coach Melissa Schaub joining the show today to reflect on her team's 2021 results, a 2021 season, of course, where the Buckeyes weren't able to compete outside of the conference, outside of the ITA kickoff weekend, outside of the NCAA tournament. And with that fact in mind, the fact that they made their Sweet 16 appearance at the NCAA tournament looked so routine was definitely a notable takeaway of the 2021 season. And of course, a couple of weeks ago, John Parsons and I previewed the Buckeyes, made the case for why they are our number 10 team entering 2022. Of course, not Not only do they bring back an extraordinarily strong nucleus, they supplement them with a bunch of talented newcomers as well. And it was fascinating to ask Coach Schaub about the strengths and of her team's roster this season, about how they're able to duplicate the success they had at the bottom of the lineup in 2021 here in 2022. Of course, I also had to pick her brain on some of the biggest topics, some of the biggest discussions happening across college tennis was fascinating to hear her opinion. And I think the most enjoyable part for me over these past months month have been hearing all of the various opinions, thoughts of so many of these head coaches. It's so clear how much passion they feel for the sport, how much time and thought they put in to the topics like the one I am asking them about. And obviously, Coach Shaw proves to be no exception. A fantastic conversation today that I'm very much looking forward to all of you listeners hearing. Of course, as I just mentioned, you want to hear our extended thoughts on the Buckeyes. Hop on over to the Great Shot podcast feed. John Parsons and I broke them down a couple of weeks ago. You can read more about them on our website as John wrote about them. You can learn more about them as well on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. All of that content available, again, on our website, CrackedRackets.com. But enough with the plugs. You don't care about that. You want to hear more from head coach Melissa Shop. So let's get to it. Westoff, roll those credits. Let's start today's show. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Right now, it's star time. 
joining us on the podcast once again today, a returning champion now here to our Crack Racket shows. Of course, you know her as the head coach of the Ohio State women's tennis team. I know her as the only person who may get as stressed as I do during a Kari Miller Arena Kanto singles match. It's head coach, <laughs> Melissa Schaub. Coach, welcome back to the show. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Always a pleasure. I feel like that matchup, they could play over 10 times during the course of their career. And, like, you don't see that in college tennis anymore. No. And here's the funny thing. I think if you ask either one of them, it is, it's turned into like a big rivalry and it's only been for one season. Yeah. Right? <laughs> they didn't even play the fall. So really it's, you know, one spring and they played this fall. But, but yeah, I know for sure. Yeah. And that's going to be a fun one for us to monitor, obviously, throughout the course of this season. But, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show is to talk about your 2021. And I think that's a good place for us to start because you look at last season, obviously, successful year for the Buckeyes. You guys go 23 and 4. You win big 10 championship you make the ncaa round of 16 and you know looking back through ohio state history i believe it's only the i want to say fourth time you guys have made maybe third time you've made the sweet 16 or further in program history and yet there was a routineness to this year's or to 2021's appearance i should say it felt like the buckeyes belonged to be there is that a feeling you guys are feeling in columbus following 2021 that you know you guys belong now amongst the elite in college tennis you know, I don't know. I mean, we don't take anything for granted. I, I think that we, we do feel like we have a good team. I think that we feel like we've set ourselves up nicely maybe the last few years. And um, I think it's a great it's a great thing. I hope our girls feel that way. You know, I, I hope they feel like they belong. I think that they do. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of really good teams and, and really good players. And, and every year we kind of talk about we have to restart. Everything starts every year is a brand new year. And you don't get what you want just because the team before you did it um you know you have to work hard and do it all over again so we're going to try to do it this year hopefully we can but you know We'll see. No, absolutely. And when you look back at last season, obviously for the Big Ten in particular, it was a difficult year. You guys weren't able to play outside of conference. You weren't able to have a fall. And, you know, opening weekend, kickoff weekend, you guys beat Virginia 4-2 at home. And obviously for us fans, that was a fun one because the Virginia men had knocked off the Ohio State men. And I'm curious if you felt any extra fire going into that match. But I suppose more broadly, what did you see from your team that opening weekend? Did it surprise you? you to have you know a result that big that early given the lack of preparation time yeah that was the whole year was just the unknown (laughs) I mean the whole year we had just been living like that like are we going to play are we not going to get to play are we you know what is it conference only no maybe not maybe regionally you know we just didn't know what was coming and I think that's probably the thing that I'm most proud about with our year last year and our team last year is, is how they just stayed focused and stayed on task and and kept working and and yeah i thought we were ready for that weekend which um probably set up our our entire season somewhat i i think we knew how good virginia was um you know we watched the draft of that kickoff and as soon as they picked to come here you know no one picked for for a while after that and i think that says a lot about virginia and and what they've done and um so we kind of knew that coming into that weekend and um you know, we played a played a well, a really good match. You know, I think we fought hard and we competed well, and I think we showed ourselves, you know, what we were capable of doing doing that year. And I think also we knew that was our only chance to get to play non conference matches for the rest of the season. There was a lot on the line in that match for us, mm-hmm. just yeah. setting up our our whole season. So it, you know, it was very important, and and luckily we stepped up. 
Yeah, and obviously you guys were able to qualify for the National Indoors. I want to ask about that experience. But first, I'm curious if you guys left Sunday night or Monday. Because if you stayed in Stillwater until Monday, you were part of maybe the worst snowstorm in Oklahoma history. And when I say the word, it was like a sheet of ice. And, you know, us northerners, we were like, please, this is nothing. But it shut down Stillwater. I'm like, I'm still amazed we got out. I mean, so we did not get out that night. We got out the next morning, and we literally – I got stuck on a clover leaf. Adam as well. We were stuck there. I was thinking, I mean, there's just no way. We can't get around. We cannot get back on the thing. We're pulling off on the side of the road. Um, you know, Adam ended up taking, like, the 12-passenger van, like, through the grass somehow, and I was, like, terrified holding on to the – we got out, but um, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it who, was, would have, who would have thought going to Oklahoma and that was like the worst, the worst roads I've ever seen. And I it mean, was it. like 60 degrees, 3 p.m. the day before. And yeah. then, yeah, it just like, you know, that Sunday, I'll never forget it because I think every match was 4-3. And we didn't sure. get out of there till like 2-30. And it really wasn't that bad at 2-30. But then we woke up like four hours later to leave. And yeah, snow just yeah everywhere it was unbelievable yeah it was was quite the experience and obviously for the Buckeyes it was quite the experience as well you know tough first match against North Carolina but then 4-3 against Georgia Tech 4-3 against Northwestern and just you know there were so many 4-3s throughout the course of that weekend and you know you sort of mentioned it that was your only look at non-conference opponents throughout the entire course of the season I'm curious what that weekend did for your team I think it did a lot you know I, I think um I don't remember everything exactly, but I think we we played North Carolina in some matches pretty tough, and I think mm-hmm. that we knew how good those guys were. And even though we lost that match, we're thinking, okay, we got some things that obviously we can improve and, and we need to get better at. But we have also some spots where we're playing pretty well, and um, so it took away a lot from that match. And then obviously um, Georgia Tech came down to the wire. That's kind of how it's been with us for the last few times we've played them, and. Um, have a lot of respect for their team. And, and just to have to do it three days in a row, I think that's what's best about that tournament is, you know, you know who can play one match, and then how do you turn around and do it again? And then how do you try to turn around and, and do it again? And um, Yeah, the North or the Northwestern match obviously was uh, a heartbreaker for us. Um, you know, I think maybe like three matches on, I mean, we had a break in third, at, at least two out of the three of them. And couldn't quite get it done so but you know you live and you learn and I think at that point we left we left I think Stillwater thinking like we're competing well mm-hmm. you know we're fighting hard we're competing well we have a pretty good team if we can just make some little jumps here throughout the season um, I felt like we were you know feeling pretty decent with where we were yeah and it was so interesting because as we mentioned you didn't have a fall and looking right. through and again we're interviewing all these power five coaches and i would say typically it's somewhere between seven and ten doubles teams are played throughout the course of the year you guys played seven different teams last season but you know you really only played three teams more than five times it felt like you found continuity you found plays that worked pretty quickly you know again is that a testament to the experience of your roster or was that a testament to just the continuity you guys brought back what was able to help you have the doubles point you know you guys I think went 49 and 15 in individual doubles matches last season that's pretty damn good uh what clicked so well for the team last year yeah I, I think every year is different some years we're, we're constantly making some changes and, and trying to maybe move a lineup around based on on what we see or give different partners times I think we just didn't have a lot of time last year we felt like and and yeah you start out a, a season and um I think, you know, Isabel Boulay had been out and, and her first maybe doubles point back was at Virginia. 
and it came down to them mm-hmm. and they pull you know her and coley allen they pulled out a, a big win and so you're thinking like all right right that's that's a team we weren't really sure um you know going in with with kind of isabel being out and um lisa hoffbauer brought a ton uh, of experience for us especially in doubles i mean she did an unbelievable job and and that kind of clicked so you know we made a couple changes but but for the most part you know we were winning and how much do you mess around with that i think when things are working and and the girls felt comfortable with each other and um so yeah so we, yeah. we stuck with it but no, and I'm curious for you last fall, what, what was the biggest deficiency in your team? I say that lovingly. Don't swear at me. Not this one. No, no, uh, no. But, you know, biggest deficiency for your team given the lack of fall. I'm curious, like, how did that manifest itself or did it not? Obviously, 23 and 4, things went pretty well. Did you feel that lack of fall at all during the season? Well, you know what? I, I, we weren't the only ones, sure. right? So I think we're playing conference only. None of us had a fall. Yeah. Um, so that's how we try to look at it. Okay. It stinks. Not great preparation for us, but a lot of people are in the same boat. Right. And then mm-hmm. we have to get really good at controlling what we're able to control. And that was out of our control. So, um, you know, luckily our team does, they do pretty well with competing against each other. We played many tournaments on our team in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's yeah. as good as you can try to make it. They get sick of playing each other, but, but for the most <laughs> part, they, they did pretty good. So, um, you know, we were we were able to do what we could. But, no, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. And you see, like, what we have this fall, and we've played a lot of matches. And, um, you know, we didn't have that last year. But, but yeah, a lot of people didn't. So we try to just look at it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I, I want to get back to 2021. But speaking of the fall, and I, you know, mentioned I want to ask you some big-picture questions here. I know one of the big takeaways in particular for the SEC men last fall was how many hidden duels they played and the opportunity to get to compete as a team and just get those repetitions in before the start of the season, how valuable that was. And it sort of, you know, brings up this question of what is the role of the fall in college tennis? Because is it for individual development? Should we be focusing on individual events? or is it about the spring and if it's about the spring why wouldn't every team play hidden duels I'm curious what you view the role of the fall as yeah I mean I love the hidden duels and I think that the players love the hidden duels right I mean that's what you know we had a meeting last week I mean now the spring is the fun part right (laughs) that's what you do all the preparation for the competing the running um is for the spring and and that's the fun part so i think when you play those hidden duels you still get that team atmosphere i think sometimes you go play these fall tournaments and it's a little bit like junior tournaments Mm -hmm. um and that you know that's not what our best product is but at the same time i think you know and i'm probably not going to answer this question perfectly but it also depends on the team that you have again right it's like the experience that you have who you're bringing back what does that specific player need you know does that specific player need 15 or 16 matches in the fall because then we need to go out and play tournaments that you know you're going to get two singles and two doubles every day or or what and then do or do you have the you know Irina Cantos or some kids that have played a lot of tennis and then maybe they um, are good with the one match and, and one double set. So, you know, I don't know the best way. Um, we're constantly trying to tinker with it and, and do what we feel like our team that specific year needs and, and individually what each player needs in the fall. And I like having that flexibility to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Do you think, because to me, I view it as if we're going to have an individual season, 
why not move the NCAA individuals to the fall? Yeah. If the only reason you keep it in the spring is because that's where it's always been, that's stupid. And the idea of dividing the two, we focus on individuals fall, we focus on team spring, I think there's appeal in that. I'm curious where you are because it's always brought up and it's constantly yeah. discussed. Where should the NCAA individual tournament be in your mind? Yeah. You know, and it, it's gotten brought up. It's been brought up for a while now. I mean, yeah. a lot recently. So I okay. think it's definitely um, – probably heading in that direction i would i would say mm-hmm. um you know i am not completely against it i i do think that it gives you okay so what i really like about it is you get to sell this product in the spring which is just the team yeah. and it is i think our, our best product and it's what we're really good at um and it gets people involved and everything that you do from january on goes towards okay what is best for ohio state and mm-hmm. um and that's appealing uh, i think the problem with moving it that I think everyone is trying to figure out because you want to make these moves and you want to know you put everything you had into the thoughts and and how to make it the best that you can. And, and it's, is that fall enough time to get the best of the best in that individual tournament? And, And that's what you want to do. And how, how do we make sure that that happens? Because I do think playing it at the end of the dual season does give you an entire year, an entire body of work, um, to know that you're getting the right players and, whether or not we do get the right players every time, that's a different discussion. But um, you have more, you know, more data to go by. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that if you do it in the fall? And and if we can figure that out, then I'm all in. But I- uh, yeah, I love it. I had one coach suggest a complete reimagination of the schedule, and this has been the most fun part for me is just how progressively thinking in terms of just, again, moving forward, trying new things in college tennis so many coaches seem to be. And, you know, it, he suggested, why not just move the team season to the fall and play that first and then have the spring be about development? Because if you think about it, there's never really a, a full development period in college tennis for these athletes. So he also presented the idea of, well, look, if you're senior and you're not going pro your second semester you can actually be a college kid and that never happens in college tennis and I was like oh that's an interesting perspective as well I'm curious what you think I haven't thought about that too much so I (laughs) I don't know you know I it it is interesting um I you know I don't know what my first thought would be like weather yeah sure (laughs) I would argue though we could play more outdoors we us of the north in August September and October than honestly you can in the spring I would know. I probably agree with that. Yeah, yeah I probably agree with that. Um, it might be tough playing the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um, outside somewhere now for us, yeah, sure. you know, we we haven't been outside for for a little while. But um, no, I mean, I think those are the conversations that we need to have, though, right? And right mm-hmm. now is probably, and I think that's one thing that we all thought, you know, on on our millions of Zoom calls last year and things <laughs> like that that we're going through is now is the time to to really make a change if we want to make it right. Mm-hmm. And we're we're realizing things about ourselves and and um the sport and you know what can be done differently through that time and um i think it led to some very you know interesting discussions for sure and there's a lot of really smart people out there that that are working on this stuff so yeah i've learned of that there are one pagers floating around and i'm just like how do i get on the bcc email list where it's just like that one pager also goes to my email because it's like parse is getting them like oh you know i gotta (laughs) i gotta gotta get in that email chain um you gotta be in it (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's always a competition. He's my Kari Miller. Um, okay. But All yeah, right. in, a, in a friendly way. But, um, yeah. you know, I, with these big picture ideas in mind, I'm curious in how it related to your team. You look at someone like Arena, who, you know, 22 and 6 overall last season, 17 and 6 in dual matches. That's ridiculous. She also goes 12 and 4 this fall, quarterfinals at the big events. Clearly, you know, she is ready to step up and be at the top of college tennis. And I'm sure she has pro aspirations as well when you look at some of the rules and the period we're at you know eight hour rule 25 competitive dates is that enough to reflect the modern demands in you know tennis and in particular for these athletes who do harbor pro aspirations yeah um you know so the the eight hours is the toughest one for me i I think that that's something that we need to take a look at and and i and i know why it's there and i get it and it's there for a good reason right Mm it it is to protect the kids and um you know, they probably need that somewhat for our sport in particular. It's not great. It's mm-hmm. not ideal, you know, and I, and I don't think that the, the athletes even like it, you know, they would prefer to have a coach on the court with them um, most of the time. So, and to me, it's, it's not even so much the eight hours. It would be the flexibility to be able to do what we want in those eight hours. Sure. That is where we get, we get, you know, strapped a little bit. Is Because when it's like four hours court time right. and then, yeah. And four yeah. gym time or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just, you know, four hours is just not enough. And you try to, you know, figure out the best way to, to work the four hours. But, um, but, you know, I mean, no, I think for a lot of these kids, if they have pro aspirations and a lot of them do, they have to get really good at doing stuff on their own, mm-hmm. you know, and, and being very on top of, of their stuff. And, um, you know, we have a few that are very good at that and, and others that need a little more direction. And I think that's normal, but um, the eight hours are tough. And, and I think it, it all, almost opens up us trying to cram more into the 20 hour, you know, when, when we do have that time period, I just, there's, there's a better way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the tough part with, with where we're at because yeah. we all start to get a little like, Oh my God, eight hours is coming up. And mm-hmm. you know, now we have a really, you know, our biggest part of our season coming up here in, in six weeks and we can't really see the kids much. Yeah in that time so yeah no I understand a dead period around finals like I get the intent for For that but the thing that frustrates me so much and why I have brought it up in the series do you ever find yourself in a position where a kid will come up to you and say hey coach can you work with me on my forehand my serve whatever and you have to say I actually can't because we're past our eight hours all the time and that's ridiculous right 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 Right. And it leads to like, oh, you know, we won't say anything, just, you know, <laughs> like, well, you know, you just, yeah. So it's, no, it's tough. I think that they, they want to be good hopefully. And um, we've been lucky to have some teams that are, you know, are, are in that position where they want to work on things. They want to get better. It means a lot to them. And, um, you know, we can't do that more than four hours a week for, yeah. you know, a, a chunk of the season. And that's, um, that's not the most ideal, but again, I think that, um, they're there for a reason, sure. right? At, at some point, obviously, it, you know, things came up and, and I think that the rules not made specifically for tennis, for sure. Um, yeah. but just for our sport, um, it, it's, it's not ideal. And, yeah. you know, no, I agree. I just think in the online era, there can be like a zoom, you hop on for two minutes and you tell your compliance officer, like, no, I want this. Um, uh, like sure. I, I cannot emphasize enough. I am yeah. asking for this and they're like, yeah. okay, go ahead. Um, yeah. and just like there, it feels like there's a fix there and, you know, getting back to your team last season, I'm curious with someone like arena making the jump she did at number one singles, what did you see throughout the year? Obviously you didn't see anything in the fall, but what did you see from her that allowed her to make that jump and be, you know, a top 
20 player in the country. Yeah, you know, Irina um, was having a pretty good freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, playing lower in the lineup, I, I think, and then and then COVID hit, and and we knew what she was capable of. Um, she'd had a good fall that year, and then you know, kind of coming in strong, and then um, yeah, she you know she spent the whole time here. She stayed here over the summer, and obviously we weren't allowed to do a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could just tell the maturity and, and having a kind of a season under her belt and um, fitness. She made a big jump. Um, you know, just the way she carried herself and the way she started training, it was kind of unbelievable to see that from a freshman year to mm-hmm. a, a COVID freshman year, I, I guess, um, mm-hmm. again last year. But just uh, – yeah, I mean, just the way she the way she handles herself on the practice court and what she does on her own um, off the court and, and stuff. I mean, it's just this the total package that you're looking for in a kid. And um, she's been able to make some big jumps in her game. And I think that those jumps will keep on coming just because of the way her mindset is right now. Mm-hmm. I was on the call for the for her match against Daria Freeman, and I swear to God, she's going to win that match in May. Like it was just, yeah. I felt like that match was on her. Right. It does feel like she is extraordinarily talented. Like she can put the ball where she wants it to go, yeah. and it's just about finding that point in, point out. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that was, um, you know, I would agree. With, I mean, I think Daria Freeman's um, a top out. She's yeah. playing very good tennis, and the level yeah. was was high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Irina, yeah, I mean, playing singles and doubles in that tournament, I think yeah. Freeman was as well. And um, it was a lot of tennis. And at that point, yeah. I think it's just, okay, you're running on fumes and, and you know, you're trying to gut it out there at, at that moment. But, um, mm-hmm. but no, the level is good. She's capable of playing at a very high level, Irina is. And, um, you know, always trying to make some little little jumps, some moves in her game and, and constantly working on that. And I think that's the best thing about her is, you know, you don't have to tell her things twice. It's like, hey, here, you know, let's try to do this. And then all of a sudden for the next three weeks in practice, she is going to put everything she has in, into that. And um, it's fun to kind of coach that and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And obviously she was a superstar last year, but you look for your team and we talked about double success. And, you know, I think the numbers that point to this fact, you look at number three doubles. You guys are 20 and four on the season, four singles, 21 and five, five singles, 21 and two, six singles, 20 and four. And getting back to my opening point, talking about the routineness of your round of 16 appearance last year, it just felt like you had the depth. Like you guys had the talent last season uh, to compete with anyone one through six. Did you know what does that do in practice? That depth. What does that allow? What does the competition look like? And you know how do you guys replicate that moving into 2022? Yeah, you know I, I think earlier um, you asked kind of like a deficiency, that, and I think one thing that we had last year is we had depth, but we were running on six players for the most part. Sure. Um, and and I think that this year we feel like the difference. I mean, we have an 11 player. Um, mm-hmm roster this year and and judging by how the fall has gone so far i think there's a good chance that you know we need all 11 Mm -hmm. um and i think that we feel pretty good about that you know we've got a couple kids that i think can surprise some people um that are getting themselves ready to go and that's what we're looking at and so i think that we do feel very good with with our depth Mm -hmm. um and and i think you know with our best teams i think that's where we that's where we've been good as we've been able to um obviously play well lower in the lineup and probably doesn't matter so much maybe who is down there it's just um you know we have a pretty even team throughout that i think we can move people around and um Mm -hmm. you know it's a blessing and a curse it's a lot of (laughs) sleepless nights for me trying to figure out how to run that thing but 
um, we have those options and that's a, it's a good place to be in. Yeah, that's the fun part about coaching, right? Is those yeah. sleepless nights figuring out the lineup and uh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm curious when you look this year and I want to talk again about some of the returners as well, but one of the standout performers of, of the fall has to be Madeline Adway who goes 12 yeah. and 4 overall in singles matches. What clicked? Yeah, so I mean, that's one of the people I was kind of, you know, hinting yeah. at there a minute ago. I mean, she's just a a good kid. She works hard, just a tennis junkie, just loves <laughs> tennis, just gym rat. I mean, she'll be out here all day hitting serves off the ball machine, whatever you <laughs> need. Um, loves Ohio State, and I think that brings a lot to the table um, mm-hmm. for us. And she played a little bit last year. We got her in there and got some experience. And, um, again, she's here all summer long and, um, you know, training her ass off and, mm-hmm. and trying to get better. And, um, yeah, she brings a lot to the table. She can She can play doubles um as well so we're gonna have some options here and and i think that she's she's really just through the work um gotten herself into that position now where she believes in herself we believe in her her teammates believe in her and um we're gonna need her this year for sure Mm -hmm. and when you look at this fall i'm a how how nice has it just been to be back on court yeah oh it's been amazing it's been amazing i mean um I think a lot of us almost, we took that year off. I think a lot of coaches were like, like at the end of the fall, like we're, t- we're tired, right? That, <laughs> yeah. that, fall, that fall was tough, um, but, but so good in so many ways. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, when you talk about your depth, I mean, overall, what, you know, 10 players, I think competing this fall in singles yeah. and, you know, 66 and 42 overall, you're winning over 60% of your matches. That's a lot of success everywhere. What is the competition like, you know, on campus? I'm curious, has anyone stepped up, emerged that we should be looking out for this season? Yeah, so I think obviously Maddie, I think Lucia Marzal had a really good fall as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's someone that I just couldn't be more proud of. I think she, um, she's, yeah, she's motivated. She's competing hard. Uh, and, and I do think with, with Maddie, with Lucia, um, you know, with some people stepping up, our freshmen coming in, and I, you know, I think those first couple of weeks of practice, the the upperclassmen looking around, like, yeah, okay, okay, right? <laughs> These guys can play too, and and Maddie's made a big jump in her in her game, and you have Kathleen Jones and Danielle Shanley and Lena Ali that have been around. They were around all summer. They stay here. Um, I think that the team collectively feels like we have a lot of people that can jump in and and play at certain spots if we need them to. And I think it's raised, hopefully it's raised the level, um, you know, uh, amongst our returners as well, knowing that someone's, someone's there and looking for a spot if, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if they get called on. So I I think hopefully it's making us a better team. I think it is. Um, Mm -hmm. We've been able to maintain, I think, you know, the, the atmosphere, the chemistry is probably the best it's been in a really long time. Um, so to be able to, I guess, sit here and say that and know that we also have um, probably more competition than we've had in the last couple of years amongst the team, uh, I think that, that that feels pretty good. So, well, Talking about that competition, you played 16 different doubles lineups, uh, doubles pairings, excuse me, this fall. Okay. I think that's the record, by the way. I think you just passed Brad Dancer for the most I've seen from any coach. So bravo. I don't know if that's a record you want to have. But, you know, obviously – Coley, Isabel, they're a top 15, top 10 team when they're playing their best doubles. And you know you have that in your back pocket. At the same time, there are a lot of newcomers on this roster who can all contribute in various ways. Is splitting them up early on something you think about? And just, again, is it more important right now to get the system in place or to find the pairings? 
Um, you know, I think we try to, we work on our system, you know, try every day, you know, sure. hopefully at practice at, at some point, part of that practice is, is hopefully going to be, you know, working on that and, and knowing what we need to be doing in doubles collectively, but you can have that system in place and you still need to find the right two players sure. together. Um, and you don't always have that figured out. So I, I think if this case, um, in this fall specifically, we were getting some kids healthy later in the fall. Sure. Um, and at that point you're just trying to get certain people matches and whoever their doubles partner is, I don't even care. I just want them <laughs> on the court. I yeah. want them to have to play under some pressure and we're, you know, we're just out there competing. So, um, probably a little bit of both, but we know, we know some teams that are it, and a lot of it is, is luck. I mean, I remember before one of our first tournaments at Cary, North Carolina, I think I text Simon like the day before, like, Hey, I need to change my teams really quickly. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, it works and you're thinking, oh, okay, right now, maybe I'm, you know, I think it was Ratliff and, and Cantos that we made the last switch and, um, you know, they had a good fall. So, you know, you never know, you're trying to figure it out, but um, hopefully we have some options. Yeah. And, maybe you know, with talking about Sydney, I'm curious, talk to me about the freshman class you bring in. Obviously it's, you know, a top 20 class in the nation, Sydney, Danielle, Shelley, how have they acclimated to campus? Obviously Sydney, Pretty, pretty solid fall for her in both singles and doubles as well. But across the board, are they all going to be able, you think, as you've mentioned, contribute right away? Um, yeah, I hope so. I mean, obviously, yeah. Sydney, um, you know, had a good junior junior career as well. And um, I think she's, you know, kind of grown up coming to some of our matches and, and yeah. being around. And, and that's always a good thing when you can kind of keep your Ohio kids in Ohio. We try as hard as we can to do that every year um, because I think that they come in just kind of, getting it a little bit right like sure. knowing what it's like to be at ohio state and, and danny is the same way um her mom is actually our softball coach here at ohio state so she's <laughs> grown around um grown up around the buckeyes and uh just unbelievable for our team to to kind of have her around um and shelly yeah i mean coming from israel and and um you know bring some maturity i had to do the serve the two years in, in the military and then and then came here. So, you know, they're all bringing something new to the table, but uh, I feel like we have some talent and um, they're definitely talented and, and are, are ready to, to make a run and make a push in our lineup um, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, talking about the recruiting side, how helpful is it for you to have a pro event on campus? Obviously, you know, Ty's hosting seven of them a week, uh, but, you know, you guys were able to get a couple as well here this past fall and over the past year. And I'm curious how valuable is that for you, A, for the players, but B, from a recruiting standpoint as well? Yeah, you know, the recruiting standpoint, I mean, you know, uh, hopefully we have kids that, that want to play. And I think that mm -hmm. that's where it becomes big is, is, you know, you're able to play in maybe some of these downtimes, you can get some extra tournaments and competing. And um, and for our, our kids that were able to get in and play in it, I just think it was awesome for them. I just think that they they loved it and it gave them a chance to, you know, Irina, Lucia, Luna um, played some doubles. Um, they were just kind of like, okay, like this is where we need to be, right? I mean, sure. that, the level was high and um, it gave them a chance to kind of see where they are. Um, you know, outside of the college world. So I, I think we learned a lot from it and it was really good for them. Mm -hmm. Is that something we should expect more of in the future? I hope so. We're going to yeah. work on it for sure. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I, I, I feel think like looking, the more we can compete, the better. I don't even care yeah. the, the level of pro call. I don't care. Just go out and compete. <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah. And I feel like, by the way, swooping a 125K event is no small feat. Like, that's pretty impressive, coach. 
Uh, well, it actually wasn't on our campus. I don't know if it was in our old indoor building, um, yeah. and, and it was run through Columbus. But um, yeah. but no, I mean the the more of those. Um, I mean that was obviously a, a tough one, but a, a great experience for the girls. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome to hear. And you know, again, when you look at your team this fall, the ability, you know, what they've put together. Uh, as you look at you know ITA kickoff weekend for your team, you guys are playing host to LSU, Tennessee, Oklahoma State. That is not going to be an easy kickoff weekend. Sure. And right. I'm curious beyond that, you know, what has now that you're able to schedule freely again? Uh, what are you know what are the schedule? What's the schedule look like? Are you, you know, I'm sure there's got to be a Texas road trip or something in there. Well, so we actually, before the kickoff weekend, we actually start out with Duke and NC State on the road. <laughs> Let's um, go. So, you know, we have to be ready. We, we mm-hmm. tell our girls that every year. I mean, we've got to come back ready to go in January. There's no time for us to to work our way into things. And, um, you know, it's always some stress over break, I think, is, yeah. you know, what are we doing? And are we able to, to get ourselves ready? And um, hopefully I, we will be. Um, you know, we'll see. But, yeah, we open up with that and – as our first our first dual match will be will be Duke on a Friday night at in Durham so um you know hopefully we're ready but but yeah we got a tough non-conference schedule we're playing a lot of teams mm-hmm. um you know will you guys do cuz i know some of the men are talking about it. will you play double headers with Michigan again like i know for i think Ty Brad and Adam they were just like we're going to keep doing this amongst ourselves we're just going to keep doing the double headers is that because obviously as a Michigan fan i always enjoy watching Michigan Ohio State battles and last year we got two four threes so that's I as know. fun as it gets is that something you know that felt like a schedule thing right where it's just like we needed the boost and we see that boost now let's do it again is that something yeah. you would explore yeah absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely i mean maybe you can work on on Ronnie. Ronnie. Maybe if we if yeah. we get on her together, then maybe yeah, I'll give her a little nudge. Although, yeah, done. see yeah. what I can do. I think it was tough to do it this year. I think we both kind sure. of already had you know you're still owing matches or whatever to the 2020 season that yeah. you didn't get to play uh, non-conference. So this year was tough, but hopefully something in the future. I think um, it makes sense to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's a rivalry match. The kids get up for it. Yeah, um, it's, it, it's good tennis. It's good tennis. It's good for us. It's three three hours up the road. I mean, it's yeah. um, it's easy. So hopefully we can get that done. But I, I think no. Last year I did think it showed us like, all right. You know, sometimes you don't need to travel all over the country to get these matches. You, you know, you got someone right there. So no, absolutely. And you know, again, I'm curious. Another byproduct of last year, 500 rule got waived, and that's something you guys don't think about anymore. You know, haven't had to think about it since 2013. But I'm curious if you would be fine with that rule just being waived permanently. Um, you know, I think I would. Yeah. I think I would. I, I think that the reasons that we went to that, I'm not sure that they panned out to, to kind of be the way everyone thought it would it would go. Yeah. Um, so I think just to have the flexibility of scheduling and, and stuff, I, I think I would be I would be okay with that. Is yeah. that an NCAA rule or an ITA rule? I believe it's an NCAA rule. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. that's where the issues come in. Good luck getting them to change anything. Yeah, um, yeah, I could be wrong on that, but but yeah. that's what I think. Cause I know a lot of sports have it. And, yeah, I, th- um, I think I think you're right. I was gonna say it's, that sounds familiar, but you know, again, with all of that said, I do have some big picture questions I want to run by you before okay. I let you go. Uh, this is where we get a little bit funky, um, but obviously, you know, you look 
for your team and you know they were able to have all this success and you guys have you know various classes of recruits right now and not just you know seniors and freshmen it feels like you and i'm looking at the rosters right now you're one of the well few that it feels like it's well dispersed sophomore junior you know senior freshman and I'm curious for you from a recruiting standpoint right now, because I do think one of the big developments of the past few seasons has been the destigmatization of transferring. And I do think long term that's a good thing. But how do you balance in recruiting, you know, building for the long term right now versus knowing, hey, if I go out on the transfer portal, I can probably find a five. I can probably find a six for a year, find that one spot starter to fill the hole. How do you balance those two things? It's been tricky, actually, um, mm-hmm. just because, you know, you want to get those kids in that you get four years with and you sure. develop and they buy in. And, and then, um, you know, what you see with the transfers is you get to know, I mean, you see this stats, you know what they've done in college, you know where they've played and who they've played against. And there's just so much, you know, more known I think when you when you do that, so you know, I just think you try to find a good mix. Um, sure. You know, again, it's it's okay. What are we looking for next year for our team, right? How are we building? Who do we have returning? What what's our experience? Um, you know, and then and then what do you what do you have coming down the line? I, I think if you can definitely keep a mix of of getting some young ones in, but also having that experience, I I think that that that's key. Um, I think in college tennis to be successful right now, you do need to have experience. You do need to have some older kids. Um, and then I think that that's, you know, you kind of, yeah, hopefully have that dispersed well. We've had years where we haven't had that. You know, I mm-hmm. think some of our more successful years, I think one year, I think I was trying to recruit four, uh, four kids for the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we graduated four seniors at one time. So those are tricky. That's tricky to, to do. And, um, but everyone has their own way of doing things. So I think the transfer portal obviously is a hot topic right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking about it, you know, but I think that you do still want to give a fair shot to, to the young ones that have been working hard and um, trying to prove themselves in the junior circuit. And, um, you know, you just, you try to find the right fit, right? You bring them on a visit mm-hmm. and everything clicks and it feels right. Then to me, it doesn't matter whether they're 17 years old or 20 um, you just want the kids that, that want to do better and, and get better and fit in with your team. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're, you know, you're a former All-American. Should have mentioned this at the beginning. You know, super yeah. successful career at Tennessee. And I'm sure there were times during that career where there were struggles and you were doubting yourself and you were doubting your decision. And I'm curious on the coaching perspective now. Do you feel the pre- any more additional pressure just, again, with the destigmatization, which I think is a good thing because now it's not, oh, it's a bum program. It's a bum coach. You don't want to touch this player because they're transferring. It's more right. just like, hey, we acknowledge sometimes it's the wrong fit. But yeah. I'm curious if you feel additional pressure now knowing, hey, like if I don't I, – if I'm not connecting with this player, they can leave. No, I really don't. I don't think sure. I feel any more pressure. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I will in three years or – you know, I <laughs> – I don't know right now. I don't because I just firmly believe if it's not the right fit, it's not the right fit. Okay. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it might be that I'm not the right fit for the player or the Ohio state's not the right fit or that it, the player, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's, you know, I, th- I think when you do well, you do have those kids that just, they know, right. Yeah. They, they come on the visit and they know right away, this is the place for me. This is where I want to be. And, you hope that that stays that way for, for four years. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll try to do everything we can to, to make it that place. 
Um, but sometimes it, it doesn't always work out. And, and look, everyone has their own reasons for, for transferring too. It could be an academic reason. It could be um, they're not playing the lineup and they want a chance to play. They want to play high. I mean, who knows? Um, so, I, you know, we try to do the best that we can every day and, and make it a place that is uh, a good atmosphere for kids to get better and, and have a good time and, and all of those things. And at the end of the day, if that doesn't work, then, I, you know, Fair. No, Hopefully they I, find I, the right place for them or we find the right kid for us. So, yeah. I, you know. No, I, I, I totally get it. I'm curious, how does NIL factor into recruiting moving forward? I think it will become a factor. I don't know if it is a ton right now yet. Sure. Um, I think there was a lot of talk a few years ago, actually, about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so far, I mean, you know, we have some kids that, you know, that are taking advantage of some things. But for the most part, it's not really a hot topic of conversation on our team. I don't feel like it's taking over um anything so you know we'll see what happens in the future if it keeps developing um you know i don't i don't know but um yeah i haven't it hasn't been a conversation too much no i feel like ohio state is well positioned i feel like all the big state schools anything with the big football program i saw yesterday that texas is going to be paying their offensive linemen fifty thousand dollars a year any scholarship linemen for the rest of whatever and i was just like all right like it's time to beef up and go to texas like that's what i've got the frame coach as you can see yeah so it's time you're ready to go yeah it's time to start packing on the pasta um you know with that said two more recruiting questions for you is it essential to recruit internationally at this point in college tennis? Um, I mean, I don't know. It depends, I guess. Sure. I think, you know, we've obviously had some some success with some of our kids. I think you're just trying mm-hmm. to find the right kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, it, to me, it doesn't matter too much. Again, I, I think you it, the mix has been very good for us. I think it's good for the American kids. It's good for the international kids. I try to make sure, you know, when we're doing our roster that, that we feel like we have a, a good mix. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's where we, you know, we do our best. Um, I don't want to try to get too heavy one way or the other. Um, just even off the court. I just think it's good. It's good to have different people and different backgrounds and, um, you know, different upbringings. It, it just brings a lot to the table. So, so for me personally, I can only answer for myself. I, I do like to have that mix. I do want to mm-hmm. always make sure that, you know, we have some international kids and, and some top American kids and um, we'll go from there. Yeah. I love it. Well, with that in mind, something I've offered every chance uh, coach the opportunity to do, because I know for a lot of our fans, it's their first time hearing from you and, you know, hearing with depth about the program. And so give me the pitch. Why should I come down to Columbus? Why should I be a Buckeye? Well, for you, especially as pitch is going to be from a Michigan person. Um, no, I think, you know, I think it's a good place. I think that we care a lot about, about athletics. I think it's, yeah. it's a high level of academics as well. And, and we work hard. That's what we want at Ohio state. You know, we want kids that, that want to, um, that love tennis. You think you have to love the sport, um, mm-hmm. to, be, to be good at this level. And, um, you know, that's what we're looking for. So, you know, we try to do, do things as well as we can and we'll see. I love it. Yeah. For the record, Yes, I'm a Michigan fan, yeah. but I'm pretty sure Ty Tucker leads cracked interviews appearances all time. Like, okay. so to say I'm biased against the Buckeyes, <laughs> no, I created no, no. the J.J. Wolf beat. Like, come yeah, okay. On. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, yeah, there's a, I mean, I'll never wear it. The, you're not going to get an OH from me, but, you know, I'll do, I'll do what I can. Yeah. Um, all right. It's understandable. Yeah, exactly. With that in mind, um, let's have some fun uh, yeah. down the home stretch here. I, this is a fun question I always like to ask coaches. If you could re-coach 
any one match from your career, oh. what would it be? Re-coach. Man. I mean, the obvious answer, right, is NCAAs, you know, with Francesca and semifinals 2017. Like, that's the easy cookie-cutter answer. What could I do differently there? But maybe there's a different one. Maybe it was oh, Michigan. Man, actually, I was actually trying hard to not, to not you know, give that answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Stanford and the semis. Yeah. At Georgia Tech, I think that's uh that's one that you probably just never, you know, you'll never forget that one. And we had sure. team match points and um you know, maybe had some chances there and but yeah, so I you know, that one, um you know, even this past year I, I Texas in the round of sixteen, I feel like we just did not play great for the first hour. Sure. And then uh started trying to make a move and you know, super proud of, of us being able to dig in and, and do that and make a match, but um you know, would have liked to maybe get a yeah. not have to do that an hour into the match. Um, well, with that in mind, because to, to your point, by the way, for whatever it's worth, you did make a move. Like you're right, it was a really bad first hour, but yeah. then then the team woke up and it was just like, this is not how we're going out. Let's pick up our performance, and I, that was the closest Pepperdine, uh, Pepperdine, excuse me, Texas was tested till the final. And you know, with that in mind, one of the rule changes I'd propose, and I think if anything I've proposed in this series is going to come out, it might be this. A 90-second timeout for every head coach. So at any yeah. point in the match, you can just say, timeout, I need to talk to my team real quick. Let's go back on court. Would you yeah. be in favor? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there was a time there I'm looking around like at these scoreboards. Like, I need a time. I need a timeout. Yeah. I mean, we, need a, we need a timeout here right now. We need to stop this thing before it gets too, uh, too far gone. But, um, no, we did make a move there. And, um and then again, on the opposite side of things, there was probably 10 minutes where I was looking and thinking, All right, we might have a shot here. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, that's what college tennis is, right? That, that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what you want. You know, you're going to have momentum switches and, and changes and, you know, you do what you can. But Yeah. My trade-off would be let's get rid of the long changeovers, the set breaks, the erroneous bathroom breaks, and let's incorporate the timeout. It's like we're going to be more disciplined on those things, but each coach gets a timeout. That's the compromise. And I would just – I would love to see the strategic timeout. Like I right, just right. – it would be delightful to me. Can we move some people around courts all the time? So, doing the next- yeah, you, yeah. You've opened up the Pandora box, Let's coach. Stop. Let's yeah, and so stop for here. me – what it comes down to and how I'd incorporate substitutions is that lull between doubles and singles. And I've talked about this with – listen, Coach Ojeda at Tennessee, she was so great on this topic. It was delightful. Um, you know, talking about just the idea of the lull in between – because I think the doubles point is the most exciting thing in all of college tennis. Yeah. It's 40 yeah. minutes, Russian roulette, momentum, three courts to follow. It's, it's Everything's very easy and it's very fun. But then you get an hour where there's just kind of like nothing. Like, yeah, there's first sets and, yeah, there's pizza and that's great. But it's just like you, you, that's where I think the product loses its, its you know, that lust and that little, excitement. Right. Yeah, a little bit. And so for me, it comes down to simultaneous starts and just the idea of playing doubles, singles at the same time, whether it's one doubles flight, four singles flights, and then you can sub the doubles players into singles after they're done, something like that. Do you feel that lull? Is there any concern with you about it? Yeah, you do feel it. Yeah, yeah you do feel it for sure. And um, no, I mean, I think people have people have, have talked about playing simultaneous. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's a level of excitement I think that would happen from that for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I think 
um, yeah, getting creative. And I think, you know, your best matches are your longest ones. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, you've brought up, yeah, I mean, our, our two matches with Michigan last year, um, in the regular season, I mean, both come down to number one singles at the, at the end, then it's a third set. And, um, it's a long time, right. Mm -hmm. To be, to be sitting there. So, you know, I don't know, some matches are exciting the whole way through, but yeah, no, you do have that you get the doubles point or you lose a close doubles point and then yeah, for the next 45 minutes or so, it's just kind of mm -hmm. working your way into it. But. Yeah. Would you be in favor of a substitution? If you could bring in a closer, like let's just say you had someone on your roster who you're like, Hey, five, three service games. That's your role. Like we are subbing you in to clinch matches that you are the clincher. And then you get the whole video presentation on the board. We're bringing in the clincher, all this thing. Right, would, you right, be right. would you be in favor of sub? play a little like major league music yeah. when they bring in the yeah exactly yeah especially uh, with a team with your depth like there will be matches where you're like man i really wish i would have i could play number seven and then six goes down a set and you're like man i really wish i could play number seven that much more like i i feel I, like there's something to a substitution i mean look, look i'm all for it i mean i could sit here and, and talk about this stuff i'm all yeah. for it maybe a little more old school to actually make the moves yeah um but no, it's exciting to talk about, and I think that, um, yeah, you know, why why not do that a little bit if you could sometimes? Yeah, I've learned that there's a plurality of coaches who are in favor of things, but never a majority. Like, that's just, you're <laughs> never going to hit that 50% mark. It's, well, we, uh, all like to, we all like to sit around, we talk about a lot. Yeah. You know, we, like to really, we like to really have a lot of conversations and talk, but then it's like, okay, vote. You're like, oh, uh, yeah, oh, I no. know. And oh, no. Then Tim transcribes the conversations to Latin, and it's a whole process. And yeah. so, you know, we go yeah. on and yeah. on and on. But yeah, yeah it, that's yeah. been the fun about is just to hear all of your things. And I, that, again, that's been the reveal is how open minded a lot of coaches are. We just have to be someone saying, okay, we're doing it. Um, yeah, which is tough. The last one I have for you, uh, and this is a fun one. In, I just think the coin toss is a wasted opportunity, and I think we can do better. One okay. point, drop and hit, head coach versus head coach, winning coach decides serving arrangement on every court. You're telling me Buckeye crowd going, Melissa, Melissa, and like the accountability. Co team comes up to you, coach, you've lost three in a row. We're sick of returning every first yeah. game. Wait, we want to sub you out maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I just think it's entertaining. I'd be like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so a few years ago, what did we do? We did a coin toss. I don't know if you remember this. We did it before mm -hmm. the kickoff, and we were kind of playing 10-point breakers, I believe, at the third sure. the third set then, experimenting with that. And uh, we did the coin toss, and then – do you remember this? The coin toss – like, the, we did of. one coin toss, and then your the team that won was able to choose whether they wanted to serve or receive. The coin yeah. toss was done beforehand. It wasn't done on each court. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that was coming. Probably yeah. should have read the rules. I didn't know. So I was like sweating it before this coin toss because I thought I had to decide on yeah. each court at that point, you know, who was serving or returning. It's like feeling the pressure. Yeah. So um, I need it's to different. make sure I'm more in tune with the rules when we make those changes. But I really just wanted to see the Tucker versus Woodruff point. Like that would, would love, be that's I would love to see that. That would be delightful. Would, or instead of coin toss, rock, paper, scissors, because you know yeah. teams will have the meeting of look, rock yeah. is a forty percent play. Like right. you have to throw rock here. Come on, right. Uh, right. otherwise I'm pulling you. We got to um, go over percentages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. Well, then my You're final have coaches out there training. Oh, I, it's ready. like on the draw. Like, hey, when you hear rock paper, the second you hear scissors, just fire. Yeah, and it's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. be ready to go. Yeah, um, and so. 
trainers like, out there. This is why yeah. ES, you're wondering what gets college tennis on ESPN. It's these right. things. I'm telling right. you. It's Absolutely. like if you were to mix cornhole with a real sport, it would be rock, paper, scissors for the corn, to- uh, corn yep. toss. Like that's, yep. Yep. that's yep. what I'm trying to say here. Yep. Um, but with all that said, one last question for you, a bit on the yep. corny side. But when college tennis fans watch the Buckeyes compete this season, what do you want their takeaway to be? Um, you know, I hope that they just see how much it means to us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that, that we're gritty and um, we've got kids that are going to leave it all on the court and and want to be good. And hopefully we, we carry ourselves well and we make, you know, Buckeye Nation proud of us. And that's what we try to do every day. So I think you're just going to, you know, hopefully see a team that is that's fiery and competing hard and, um, you know, really trying to go after it. Yeah, awesome. Well, again, Coach, it is always a pleasure to get the chance to speak with you. I won't say the letters. I can't do it, but obviously, yeah, I am wishing you and the team success, health, you know, as much luck as possible throughout 2022. And as always, a spot will always remain open for you on this show. Thank you so much. And thanks for everything that you're doing. I think it's great. Oh, I appreciate it. Really good for our sport. You know, the girls are all talking about the podcast and stuff that you do. I think it, it gets people talking and um, I think it's it's really good. So, well, thank you. Thank, now, the problem is you. now I realize if I say things that people will hear it, and it's just like, ooh, that's an issue. Like, you know, because I say things, Coach. <laughs> but, you need, but you need to. It's good. That's true. Right? Thank it, you. It's good, and it's good for our players to kind of feel that. And, I mean, look, you know, you see what basketball, football, what those sports, yeah. they hear stuff, and um, – that's good. It's good for us. So the problem is, I can't be on the bulletin board and be the reason you guys beat the Wolverines. Like that is an unacceptable development for me. That would be that would be a, you know that I I might have to call it quits. <laughs> we'll send you a picture after that. Yeah. Like hey, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Salt, Stomp salt on that it. middle waterfall in uh, the Varsity Tennis Center. All of you guys just surrounding it, and it's just yep. like yeah, or the yep. water a fountain. Um, yep. But yes, no, as always, Coach. Thank you so much. Yep. Be Thank safe. You. Be healthy. We'll talk more soon. Thank you. Sounds good. Bye. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Ohio State women's tennis head coach Melissa Schaub. A huge thank you to her for her candidness, for her thoughtfulness, for taking the time to join us on today's show. Always enjoy the opportunity to speak with Coach Schaub and look forward to having her on the show more in the future. But of course, this is not the only conversation we've been fortunate enough to have as we continue our series breaking down our top 10 men's and women's teams entering the 2022 college tennis year. If you missed our thoughts, on number 10 Kentucky for the men number 9 Arizona for the men number 8 TCU for the men you can find all those conversations on the Great Shot podcast feed you can find conversations with those head coaches here on the Cracked Interviews feed of course ditto for the women you want to hear about number 10 Ohio State you want to hear about number 9 Texas A&M number 8 Duke you can do so over on the Great Shot podcast feed as John Parsons and I break down those teams and then of course now you can hear from all of their head coaches here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as 
well. We've got number seven coming up later this week as we continue our countdown of our top 10 teams. But of course, that's not our only preview content. We are getting ready to start releasing all of our Power 5 conversations. I've attempted to interview each and every men's and women's Power 5 college tennis head coach. We still have some interviews to go, but we've now built up a big enough queue that we're ready to start releasing those out to all of you listeners. I promise you are going to enjoy that series, so be sure to be on the lookout for those episodes dropping soon on our website, CrackRackets.com. Of course, you're already listening here on the Cracked Interviews podcast, so I assume you are subscribed, but if for some reason you aren't, just go hit that subscribe button. And of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this podcast, the Mini Break Podcast, Great Shot Podcast, our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. If you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we're at Crack Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. With all of that said, for Ohio State women's tennis head coach Melissa Schaub, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, and all of us here. At both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.